Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. This is the third episode in our limited Move Your Mind series for the construction industry. And on today's episode, we spoke to Angelina Pillay. She is the Chief Executive Officer at the Association of Consulting Architects. She does a lot of work in lobbying for the rights of people in a number of areas within the industry. And we thought it would be interesting to have this chat because architecture is such an integral part of the construction industry. It really bleeds into everything. And and it's something that's often overlooked in terms of looking after people in that industry. It was a really interesting chat added to the conversation of what we're exploring and we'll be continuing this until the end of the year. So we'll at least get to 10 episodes and then we'll assess how we're going and you know we're getting a lot of feedback so we might continue it. So thank you again for supporting Move Your Mind. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to our website, moveyourmind.me. You can join our community. You can find that on moveyourmind.me and you can purchase the Move Your Mind book by going to nickbrux.com slash book. Angelina, so great to, well, actually so great to talk to you again. We just, just before we started recording, you um, reminded me that you used to come into the lobby, which was a cafe I owned a long time back. Um, so crazy, such a small world. And now I'm, you know, sitting on another, I'm sitting in Canada right now and talking to you. And it's just so funny, like how these different connections that happen in life. So glad we can have this chat. Lovely. Absolute pleasure. And thank you for inviting me, Nick. No problem. No, appreciate it. Appreciate you making the time to have a chat. And, you know, it's been really interesting with Move Your Mind. We're really focusing on the sort of construction building industry and, you know, you being in a similar industry. It's, you know, interesting to have, you know, we really want that varied sort of um, conversation about this industry and how, how mental health sort of ties into it and all that sort of thing. So, you know, great to have um, the opportunity to talk about it. So, I guess to begin with, um, would you be able to just give a bit of a background on yourself and uh, what you do? Sure. Um, look, I would like to consider myself um, as one of this country's uh, proud migrants. I was born overseas um, in Malaysia to Indian parents, and then I moved to the UK in my primary years. Um, and then I came to Australia as a, a teenager, as an international uni student. Um, that's going back a long time, actually, back in the early 90s. So um, so I did yeah, get around a little bit. Um, then post tertiary studies, I made a, a very important decision to make Australia my permanent residence. And I guess in many ways, that was kind of the start of a very interesting time for me, both personally and professionally. Um, And I consider myself quite lucky because I've got a home in Malaysia where my parents, siblings, my extended family live. And then um, here in Melbourne, you know, with my husband, my two boys. Um, And so, yeah, so that I've been really quite fortunate. Um, And as for me, you know, I've always been interested in human rights and mm. and that has a lot to do with my own upbringing um, my own beliefs my values 
that have been informed uh, through my travels, uh, clearly, and, and lived experiences, particularly as they relate to, you know, some of the injustices and discrimination that I faced prior to coming to Australia. Now, I won't go into all the details of that because that's like a whole other um, podcast. But We can do a separate podcast on, on that another time. Yeah. <laughs> we could, we could. Yeah. Um, but for me, I guess I'm driven by the quest for equality, equity, inclusion, and all of these factors that ultimately play into mental well-being. Um, so, you know, I, I guess at a professional level, my career has been very much dominated in the education and, and professional development space. I've spent, um, you know, the, the good part of the last 20 years across a number of sectors, government, um, the university sector, and a significant part of that has been representing a, a range of professions or industries through membership organisations. So, you know, procurement, supply chain, human resources, <laughs> where we first met, um, to yeah. general medical practice. And now, of course, in the architecture profession, where I'm the national CEO of the Association of Consulting Architects, um, also known as the ACA. Um, and I also head up the diversity, culture and inclusion portfolio of the Australian Council of Professions that represents a further 20 plus professional bodies. So look, something about professional bodies that actually uh, <laughs> kind of, you know, excite me. I, well, no, I love that. And I mean, it's you've got clear values and things that you're wanting to try and make a change in in these industries. And I think it's so important, you know, we need people like you because I mean, as, as I've seen through the mental health work I've done in organizations in a whole range of different areas, like you're talking about equality, wellness, whatever, whatever we're focusing on, there's still a long way to go. And um, organizations are almost microcosms of society where each organization has their own set of um, systems that are in place and take a lot of time to change. And these cultural things are not simple to change. So we need to be really, you know, lobbying for it and having these conversations. So I think it's such an important thing that that you're doing. No, oh, thank you, um, Nick. And and that's so true. You talk about culture, you talk about wellness. <clears throat> and I guess professional practice is really, it's, it's about that, you know, as a professional, regardless of what profession you're in, construction or otherwise, um, you know, the, there's a code of ethics that governs um, how one practices. So it's, you know, adherence to those codes of ethics that really need to be um, fundamental in any any sort of profession. So I think, you know, the professional bodies certainly play a big part in that. It's about raising the bar of professional practice and reminding, you know, whether it's architects, engineers or um, doctors mm. or lawyers, that there is an obligation to ensure that, um, you know, well-being and ethical practice and equity is forefront of their work. Yeah. And and when it does come to that with um, <clears throat> mental health, well-being in in these industries, from, from what you're seeing, how, uh, has there been an improvement? Um, are there certain things that are happening? Are there areas that, you know, we need to maybe hone in and focus more on, you know, what sort of trends are you seeing um, in these industries? Look, I'll just, um, and, and maybe just um, a bit of a background in terms of the ACA, because I think, yes, um, yeah. you know, just, just a, I guess, um, the context as to why um, the architecture profession in, in particular is going through. So um, the ACA, Association of Consulting Architects, we're a designated employer body. We were established in 1987 under the Fair Work Commission, and we're mandated to represent the interests of architectural practices here here in Australia, so firms. Um, and, you know, so industrial relations sits very much at the core of that charter. And, and as a result of that, equally critically is our active role in supporting um, these 
architectural practices with the business side of, of architecture. So not design, uh, but the business, the business management. And that's through, you know, the development of tools, resources, advice, advocacy, um, including facilitating what I like to call, you know, sort of thought leadership discussions like the one we're having today. Mm. Um, and in amongst all of that, we're really committed to supporting um, practice as they relate to equitable practice, so innovative practice and, and a commitment really to fostering healthy and vibrant work cultures. Um, and, and those work cultures, um, and I alluded to it before, is about, you know, looking at the kind of end-to-end -end, um, uh, running of any practice, uh, but embedding those really, um, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, viable, uh, productive, cohesive and ethical work cultures. Um, and just to kind of, I guess, unpack that a little bit more, mm. I wanted to also reflect on the really important construction podcast series that you're championing. You know, I listened to both Craig and Hayden's conversations with you um, and the criticality of the construction industry and the range of professions that actually make up what is a very complex, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. You know, I, I won't, go, won't go through all the stats because both the guys had shared that. But, um, you know, if you think about the built environment and that kind of end-to-end -end building and design outputs, you know, architecture plays a very integral part of that process mm -hmm. which and then in turn shapes you know our lives our communities our cities um our world and our, and our very existence and i'll even go so far as to say that you know the design of buildings has a massive impact on our well-being you know how often have you walked into a space and left uh, and, and felt something you know whether it's good or bad poorly designed environments you know with dodgy air quality or limited sunlight can have a really negative impact um, on your mood and your well-being and similarly, you know, really, um, uh, you know, well-designed spaces with lots of sunlight and lots of good air, I mean, can have some mm. positive. So it's, um, so I think what I'm trying to say here is that architecture plays a really integral part of uh, construction, but also the value that can also impact um, everybody else's well-being around them. But there's still a lot of misunderstanding uh, or worse still, a lot of uh, lack of appreciation from consumers or procurers of architectural services on the value of architecture that it has mm. in this world. And that's been a real um, cause for uh, some of the negative uh, well-being impacts that we're seeing in, in the profession. And that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. So, um, you know, I guess to your to your point, and thank you for allowing me for that monologue, <laughs> but I thought I just wanted to... No, thank you for... No, please. It's really interesting and I think important. And my sister's an architect and, you know, a oh. lot of the stuff you're you're talking about... Um, is resonating a lot, you know, from what I've heard from her as well. And I think, you know, I can see it is such a valuable thing. So I love, you know, hearing what you're saying. Oh, look, I'd, um, <clears throat> oh, so, so you kind of get it then, you know, th these are sort of the issues yeah. that we've been gra grappling with um, in the profession. And, um, you know, COVID certainly has had a, a massive impact on the profession. And we know this for a fact, because you know we've collated some real life data. Um, so all throughout mm. COVID, we've pulse checked our members. You know we have over eight hundred uh, practices that are members. You know well over six and a half thousand individuals, and and um, you know we surveyed them across a whole range of categories. So from employment conditions, um, labour shortages, um, material shortages, supply chain issues, work pipelines. But also a big component of that survey was around well-being, um, and and you know last pulse check survey, you know it revealed some of the really significant impacts that the last few years have had on practice, um, architectural practices, directors, um, their employees, 
even though mm. you know we've heard this a lot labor shortages are absolutely critical um you know uh, uh supply chain material shortages prices are going up but what's not going up uh, is the income that a lot of these practices are, are generating so there's a real mismatch between having to pay for all of these increases um and then you know what they're actually uh, the re remuneration and flexibility you know is now obviously a norm in the future but in terms of mental well-being you know there's a lot of exhaustion um in the profession there's a lot of fatigue um and because of this uncertainty of things that's had a, a huge um impact um on 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 the profession and um and certainly this conversation that we're having is not just within the architecture profession we're having also more broadly across um the construction industry so we're talking to mm. the likes of other construction bodies um, mm. within a sort of a national construction industry forum and, you know, MBA and, and a whole heap of other bodies are also talking about this, which is, I think, really important. Um, and, you know, just again, reflecting on mental well-being in, in the architecture profession, it's it's for the longest time been subjected to, you know, problems. Um, the pulse check survey alludes to, you know, some of these um, issues around the grueling hours, the long hours culture, the 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 perfectionism that a lot of architects strive mm. for. Uh, and a lot of it's, I guess, inflicted, sometimes inflicted pressure of ensuring, you know, high quality, safe outcomes, which of course can be, you know, stressful. Um, and, but then there's this, you layer that on with things like fees or financial management issues, um, time management, and just the general undervaluing of architecture in our community has a big part to play in, you know, I guess the causes. So I've talked a lot about the causes, I guess, of, of why well-being um, is an issue in this, in this profession. Yeah, no, but, it, and I guess is, is that <clears throat> a lot of it because of the many moving parts in that industry and seeing architecture, I guess, not, valuing not seeing it as a as, as tangible i guess as some of the other things people are doing or what's the reason really great question and i'd love to talk about this so if you just <laughs> yeah. are you happy to let me talk about this because i can um and you know. i i would love you to and just as a quick side note i just saw your your mug was um oh. had geelong cats on it so i'm i'm a mad keen geelong supporter so hello oh, premiers there we go there, there <laughs> we go i I just had to point that out before that, you know, while that was in my mind. So I'm absolutely, very good. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Whole other podcast about Geelong. Let me exactly. tell you. I mean, it's just yeah. Anyway, um, did you come down for the grand final, by the way? No, I wish oh, I was. I, I was away, but the whole family was there. So they're oh like, look, they're they're all yeah. They were very happy. So so are we. So are we. Look, I, I'm really sad. Selwood's not there. But anyway, let's not go into that because anyway. that's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I would like. I'd love to hear about yeah that side okay. of um sure, sure. architecture yeah this will all be edited won't it so yeah or i might keep it if if we you know if it if it works well but we'll see we'll see how we go <laughs> if it works well all right all right so look um oh so i just lost from my train of thought here but going back to mental well-being why the aca is taking the lead um in establishing this kind of strategy that we have uh, to support our members um and our members being you know architectural practices but also more broadly, the profession at large. Um, we've established this Architects Mental Wellbeing Forum here in Australia as part of the ACA, which builds on the really great work and the initiative started in the UK um, with founder Ben Shannon. And our aim is 
pretty straightforward. We don't mm. really like to complicate too many things. Um, but for us, it's about raising the awareness of mental health issues within the profession because there is still a stigma that exists um, across the board. And it's obviously just not this profession, but I think in general in our population. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also to create a supportive community of practitioners in each of those states to, you know, across the country, ACA is a national um, organization, to kind of meet on a regular basis, to share knowledge, to, to you know, share their experiences to research strategies in a bid to support um, architects mental health in the workplace um, there are some nuances and uniqueness around the work that architects do and I'll mm. talk about a little bit about that but you know what this um, forum does is and, and this is also generated by our profession asking us to be that platform to have our profession connect um, and simultaneously you know develop resources so we also as part of the Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Forum Architects Mental Wellbeing Forum. We've just released Architects Mental Wellbeing Forum Toolkit, um, which is again adopted, uh, adapted from the UK. And and what it is is just you know local resources, simple practical advice to individuals and practices um, about how to kind of ease a lot of the pressures that we're seeing. And um, and you know the feedback that we're getting is that it's really quite very useful but it addresses those areas so you know office overtime and culture areas uh, architectural practices usually employ a lot of students interns graduates mm. so you know how do you care for them how do you make them feel um you know part of a culture how do you foster their um development within practice so those are the areas we look at um i know the guys also talked about contracts so you know looking at contracts how to manage clients and deadlines um and, and a few other things um, and another area too that that really supports the work that we're doing, um, we are, are partners in a research and development uh, project. It's, we're collaborating um, on this sort of national uh, Australian research centre funded three year nationwide project um, on the well-being of architects. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you. 
You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Across the country, it's the first of its kind, led by a Professor Naomi Stead, Miriam Boucher and, and Byron Kinner. And these are just legends, by the way, in the profession, let me tell mm. you. And I'm really honoured to be working <clears> with them. But um, the research findings are in two parts. So there's the practitioners survey, which um, are really where we're interested in because it's about employers. But there's also the students um, survey. They surveyed thousands and thousands of individuals and some, got some really good data that they've they've launched and I'm happy to share that with you um and, and I'll just spend you know kind of a minute on the former so you know what are the practitioner survey results mm. telling us um and there are sort of four key themes that strongly emerged that have a direct impact so you know whilst we might have known this from previous years what we have now is the data that's um talking to this piece and you know I kind of have uh, alluded to it so the first is the value or the perceived lack of value of architecture um the second is around time management so timelines deadlines over time um you know many respondents had observed that they had not learnt good time management skills during architectural education um, so there's some really unrealistic timelines and stressful time pressures uh, to get the job done. Um, the third is around fees and remuneration. So this was around more of the structural impediments for um, remuneration. So you might have heard this a lot. And, and it's again across the construction industry, the race to the bottom, you know, in fee undercutting, you know, poor procurement practices um, and all of that then leading to unrealistic deadlines, long hours, overtime, low pay, you know, people have this mm. perception that architects are for the elite, <laughs> um, you know, architects are so expensive and, you know, why don't we mm. just um, uh, defer the job to to paraprofessionals? But I think there's that kind of, you know, overlap um, with what I was talking about before. And, and finally, what the research is telling is that, that we need to all come together across the, the industry for kind of co collective structural action to to kind of break down um, the stigma. So the work that's been happening, you know, with master builders and all the other um, uh, bodies within within the construction industry, I think is is really remarkable. So and and well done to you to kind of really bring that to the fore and have these conversations because these are these are really important conversations to be had. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing all of that, and it's super interesting. And yeah, I think it is. It's such an important conversation to be had because it does make up such a big portion of of the of the industry of people of you know of people that are working in so many parts of Australia and and overseas so um really important to talk about um and you know get these insights and how have you seen improvements in recent years in general in the mental health sort of conversation in these industries Absolutely. We, Nick, have a long way to go, yeah. um, but I absolutely think that there's been a real shift um, and the shift has been mostly around just the awareness. We're talking about yeah. it a lot more. Government is talking about it a lot, lot more, state and federal. You know, there's funding available. EAPs, employee assistance programs are really bolstering the work that they're doing, um, you know, the work that you're doing. And, and, and I guess when um, people like yourself, you know, are vulnerable in the public space um, and, you know, being brave about calling it out, but at the same time, educating, I guess, the masses of the fact that there are um, avenues for support um, and avenues within professional bodies. So, you know, I've just talked about some of the resources that we've got, the resources that you've got through your hub. Um, I think there's mm. certainly been a shift. 
um, you know, we still have a long way to go, but if we don't start the conversation and we don't have those meaningful uh, conversations, then I think, um, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're not going to achieve anything. So, so yeah, to your question, I think you certainly there's movement, <laughs> um, yeah. but where we now need to do is consolidate a lot of the noise that's happening and start to, to kind of work through, you know, really tangible, meaningful ways to address this issue. Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more on that. I think it comes down to, yeah, there's been great awareness, but how can we now do the preventative side of things and, and how do you actually implement it where people are going to use it and get that ongoing long-term value out of it? It's always the, the tricky part. So Absolutely. yeah, we'll get there. So no, that's we been will. Su- super, will. yeah, we will, we will indeed. Um, well, super insightful, you know, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, we finish every episode with five questions so these aren't going to be anything too crazy for you that are not not going to throw you under a bus here um but the first one is what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind okay so hands down when i was eight and my brother was five we were living in the uk i I mentioned that earlier um and my parents loaded us into their fiat um they put a big GB sticker at the back and took us on a five week European tour oh. a la the Brown Griswolds, as I like to call ourselves. Um, and this was, you know, Nick, well before mobile phones, well before internet, way before GPS and sat nav, you know, my dad had this kind of big paper map. I think it was a kind of a three map. And we just went, you know, from one country to the next, to the next. And we stayed in B and B's and motels and tents um, and experienced what I think would be the best time of our lives, you know, from kind of gondolas in, in Venice um, and Eiffel Tower in Paris, Alps in Austria, the Vatican City. Okay, so I'm bragging a little bit, but, you know, that was just, um, you know, such great memories. So, you know, and, and thanks so much for asking that because, that's just got my serotonin levels and dopamine levels <laughs> because I, I, I often talk about it. I've, I've been asked this before and I always go back to that point I love where, that. Yeah. Um, you know, we were young and we traveled together. <laughs> That's so, oh, it's so nice. And like, it's, it's it made me feel good hearing it. And I actually used to do this in a lot of talks where you'd get people to do that exercise, I guess, where you just like think of something, you know, the, the best time in your life or an amazing memory. And when you actually relay the story to someone it does do that doesn't it it puts you back there it's a good sort of mood booster it's just i guess a reminder that we can all you know think about these things or bring ourselves back daily when we you know get stuck in different you know things that are going totally on. totally um so the next one what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health uh in in this industry i think it's a combination of both stigma that we mm-hmm. talked about um, and denial. You know, we as a society in Australia, you know, we've come a long way in opening up the conversation and the awareness and the shifts that we're seeing in mental health issues. But I think that stigma is still preventing many from actually acknowledging the problem. Um, and that denial places a massive burden on one's health, their well being, and their safety. Australia is so multicultural. It's why I love it. You know, I, I mentioned it, you know, when I first started, I'm a proud migrant here, but with that multiculturalism, we have different perspectives, tolerance, understanding and acceptance of mental health conversation. And I'll speak for myself, you know, the South Asian culture, we don't really talk about things like these um, usually. And there's a view or a hope certainly that, you know, if we're going through something, oh, you know, we'll just get over it. Or, you know, we might be going through a phase or something. So again, you know, what you're doing is exemplary. It's, um, it's, it's so brave that 
you know, we can come together and talk about this important issue in the way that you're facilitating. And I think that will lift a lot of that burden uh, on mental health. And so, you know, in the construction industry, I think it's the same. It's, mm. I think, you know, you can kind of use this concept and overlay it across multiple um, industries. And I think that's probably where we're at, the removal of the stigma and the burden. I the burden. completely, yeah, completely agree. I think that's a, a great answer. Uh, what would you say is your personal definition of happiness? <laughs> the, my personal definition of happiness would probably be, um, and again, you know, we talked a bit about today, it's just a state of well-being, um, of, of being well, I guess, um, you know, of, of people, the things and places and the environment, um, you know, all of those forces combining to make certainly me feel, you know, content, to make me feel safe and secure and healthy, um, both physically and emotionally. So um, so I, I'll just give you an example, because I think I just rambled on a little bit about that. But when um, we were hit with, with lockdown here in Melbourne, you know, lockdown capital of the world, um, <laughs> there were so many instances of when I was actually happy because, you know, I was with my family, you know, yes, mm. we were isolated but just the four of us my husband my two kids you know we connected as a family and, and shared ourselves with each other like we've never done before you know we played board games we mm. cooked we had nothing else to do uh, we played <laughs> you know footy in the backyard we and we talked a lot to each other and and um really connected so and since then i've actually found that our family unit is, is stronger and and you know more connected uh, and that to me is happiness so i think it's just that yeah state of being well does I that make sense know. sorry i just, I just absolutely I think that's a, I, I love that answer. And I think, you know, having that positive outlook on COVID as well and finding the positives, I think it's important because, you know, that's an extreme version of some of, of a world event that happened, but, you know, we all have ups and downs in life and there's no certainty. And I think it's easy for us to, in general, you know, look at just the negatives, but we can actually find positives and growth and, you know, different opportunities through everything that happens so it's a, it, a lot of it is how we how we approach situations i think it's a really good example so true uh, so i've got two more here for you um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most afraid of <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um i uh, i'm gonna be quite you know open here um i'm afraid i'm, I'm scared of drowning okay because I, I, okay. I can't swim <laughs> Yeah. I know, I've tried. I know, let's not go there. Another podcast. So <laughs> I don't like deep ends, right? So deep ends of swimming pools, oceans. Um, and But that fear of drowning has also been reflected in other areas of my life. Like I'm scared of drowning in you know too much work, I know, too much work, mm -hmm. just drowning in things that don't fulfill me, you know, or, yeah. or are unproductive. Um, so so just, yeah, and, and I've always been scared also of being thrown to the deep end because, you know, I feel like... I'll never be prepared um and you know in many ways I think that's probably my own personality like in the work context I always you know need to know what's happening so I can plan I'm a bit of a planner in a social context like I just do not like surprises I don't know it's a bit boring but um and as far as travel is concerned like I I'm always scared of never knowing where I'm going. And my husband's always planning these these trips and I just have to know um, because, yeah. again, I mean, it could be to an ocean that I might have to get into. So so I think for me, it's 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 this kind of, yeah, philosophical kind of drowning in the physical sense, but also just in my own life, kind of drowning in things that I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to. Definitely. Uh, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I think it's... <laughs> It's and it's very theory. abstract. I don't, I've got some really I like abstract it. I like it. responses I lo here. I, I love these. I love these responses. Um, so final one, what are you most proud of? 
Oh, that that's that's an easy one. Look, I, I'm proud of my family. You know, my very good husband also. Geelong supporter. In fact, he was the one that's got me and my whole family into supporting Geelong. Um, and, you know, I've pretty much grown up with him. We've been together for 30 years. I've got two legendary sons. I've got a 20-year-old, Nick, actually, is his name, Nicholas, um, and an 18-year-old, Matthew, who's finished school today, year 12. That's the end. So, <laughs> and they're just hilarious. And, and I guess um, I'm also proud of myself for raising them because, um, you know, I've got to give myself something there. But of seriously, course. you know, we yeah. have, you know, our ups and downs and life is full of crossroads. But but when push comes to shove, you know, we've got each other's backs and we respect each other and um, we trust and love that. And I guess, yeah, we'll I'll always be proud of that. I love that. I think that's a nice way to, to finish up. Oh, and final thing, if anyone listening wants to learn more about your organization, where, where where's the best place? Just send them to the website or? Website is the easiest, aca.org.au, short and simple. Nice and simple. And we'll put that in the notes as well. So anyone that wants to learn more, go to the show notes and they'll be able to find when this is released, the um all the links. So perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate you. Um, making the time great talking to another fellow Geelong supporter as well oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah there we go we got the got the mug there and um yeah no I really do appreciate you making the time it's been super valuable for us to be able to feature you on on this um on this series oh thank you so much Nick you've just been yeah a delight and, and love the work that you're doing you know you and Warren amazing and uh keep up doing what you're doing because it's making a difference Nick um so thank you thank you very much thank you so much Thank you. Thanks to Angelina Pillay for joining me today for Move Your Mind. And just another reminder that the Move Your Mind book is available at nickbrax.com book. And you can join our community by going to moveyourmind.me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>